You're listening to Hope on the Homefront, the official podcast for Homefront Heroes Ministries. I'm your host, Taylor Blackburn. We're a group of military wives on a mission to help you find joy in your journey. We're jumping in the trenches to encourage you when you're struggling, help you grow in your faith, and support you through military life. Because here, you are seen. Here, you're essential. Here, you are never alone. Welcome home. Let's go. Hello, Hope Keepers. How's it going? Welcome to this week's episode. I have to tell you, the coolest and funniest thing happened earlier. I was at the park with my kids, and I'm sitting there watching them play. Of course, they're running all sorts of different directions, so I I do what the classic thing to do is, right? I yell at them like, hey, come back. Hey, stay over here. Hey, leave your sister alone. And the funny thing is that was the number one thing that gave us away as being Americans living in Germany is German people do not yell at their kids. Like they just aren't yellers. Us Americans, we all love to yell. I don't know what it is, but that was like, you didn't even have to to hear me speak English. Like just the fact that I was yelling was like, oh, that's an American. Um, But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I'm sitting there and I'm yelling at my kids. And next thing I know, this girl walks up and she's like, hey, random question. Um, is your name Taylor? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it is. Why do you ask? And she's like, oh, this is so funny, but I actually recognize your voice from the podcast. I'm like, what? And turns out that she and I had kind of connected on Facebook previously. She is a local mama. And, um, I had, I guess, gotten connected with her on Facebook when she had reached out about realizing we were at the same duty station and had listened to the podcast. And so shout out to Sharia when we ran into each other at the park. I was so glad that she ended up putting two and two together. And I was also slightly embarrassed that my voice is that (laughs) ear piercing and recognizable, Um, that she could draw me out from the crowd like that just by listening to my voice. But how fun. We got to actually meet in person and get connected. And we ended up going to story time together with our kids. And she was absolutely precious. And I was super excited to have my cup filled um, in the friendship category today, all thanks to her boldness and walking up and saying, hello, obnoxious Taylor. I recognize your voice from all the times that you're obnoxious on the podcast. No, she didn't say that, but she could have because that's the case, which by the way, it is 11 o'clock at night. Despite my better judgment, I am deciding to record this episode because I don't want to wait until crunch time this week. I'm determined to do better. That's all we can do is the next right thing, the next best thing. I think Frozen 2 taught us that. But y'all, look, don't be scared, okay? For those watching, look at this. (laughs) These are my notes. (laughs) And to those of you who are just listening, that is the sound of all of my many pages of notes. Back in November, I was honored to be a guest speaker at a conference for military wives and first responder wives. You may have heard me share about it. Uh, If you follow me on social media, we met in Pensacola and it was called the Truth Rising Conference where we just had lots of military wives come together, first responder wives come together, share 
hopeful tidbits, encouragement speeches and stuff. And this was like one of the first times in a very long time that I got to take the stage and share about something. And when I was trying to figure out what to talk about, I kind of kept coming back time and again to boldness and just being like really, really stuck in your convictions um, and understanding why you're convicted about the things that you're convicted and all of these things that you will hear now. But I thought it would be pretty cool since most of you guys weren't able to actually join us in person. Hopefully we'll have more uh, Truth Rising conferences in the future. And if so, I will be sure to let you know. But I thought I would just kind of read through my notes. So forgive me as I look down to those watching uh, quite a bit to read. Um, but this is something that I, I prepared, like I said, back a few months ago. And I just thought it might be a cool episode. And hopefully you guys will be blessed and encouraged by it. And so to start us off, let me just ask, uh, who is familiar with the life story of Desmond Doss? He was the brave soldier who inspired the movie Hacksaw Ridge, which was incredible. Um, I had honestly never heard of this Medal of Honor recipient before that movie came out. <laughs> but after I learned of his story, I honestly could not believe it. And if you have not seen it, there is some language. I think there might be like a brief funny little tidbit of nudity, but be um, on alert for that in, in case you are someone like me who <laughs> tries to avoid stuff like that. Um, but for those of you who are unfamiliar with his incredible testimony, he was a conscientious objector who served as a medic in World War II. His deeply held religious beliefs called him to not carry a weapon in service to his country. But that did not change the desire that he had to defend his country and the people he loved. Could you imagine going to war and not carrying a weapon? I honestly can't wrap my head around that, but that was his deeply held conviction. So once he arrived at training, his battalion quickly became confused and then enraged by Doss's refusal to carry a weapon. I understand being confused. I feel confused by it. Um, but to be enraged, man, okay. But that's what his battalion did. And so they began to mistreat him and even torment him in an attempt to have him quit his training. But Desmond's strength ran deep, y'all, and he remained steadfast. It wasn't long before their battalion found themselves standing at Hacksaw Ridge on the island of Okinawa, where thousands of heavily armed Japanese soldiers were camped out and scurrying around these underground tunnels that they had made where they would pour out randomly in waves to attack, killing thousands and thousands of American troops as a result. When Doss's battalion was called to climb that cliff and fight, Desmond was considered the weakest link. I mean, it makes sense, right? No one wanted him by their side since he was unarmed and he was considered useless. However, it didn't take long for him to prove otherwise. So amidst massive explosions, gunfire zipping through the air, Doss bravely supported the boots on the ground that day, both American and even Japanese. He helped the wounded. If they were wounded, he helped them reach safety if it was within his ability. Over a 12-hour period of time, think of that. That is such an exhausting, long amount of time. Over a 12-hour period of time, 
Many soldiers had already been called to retreat and they'd done so, but Desmond Doss decided to stay and he continued to help those in need. He's quoted as having said this, I prayed the whole time. I just kept saying, Lord, please help me get one more. And when you watch the movie and you hear that line quoted verbatim, you get chills because you realize like, as we've talked about a lot on the podcast, the strength that he was drawing from that day, the source of strength that he was pulling from was absolutely the Lord. And he just kept saying, one more, God, please help me get one more. And by the time that it was all said and done, Doss heroically and single-handedly rescued from and repelled down the side of Hacksaw Ridge. You want to take a guess? Huh? Go ahead. Just think in your pretty little brain. How many people do you think this man single-handedly rescued from the battlefield all by himself? 75 men. Again, go watch this movie so you can get a visual for how intense the whole thing was to have rescued off the battlefield and then repelled with ropes down the side of a really, really steep cliff, 75 men. It's insane. I share this story with you because I think it beautifully and powerfully shows the impact of not only bravery and boldness, but also conviction. I could ask the question, who wants to be bold and brave? And I highly doubt that any one of you would answer, oh no, not me. Uh -uh." But in order for us to be bold and brave, we have to begin with conviction. Did you know that? That is the strongly held belief of a person which will dictate to them what to be bold and brave about. That is why it matters. That's why the Bible is our blueprint upon which we get the understanding and knowledge on how to begin building our lives. Now, there are some things that are across the board for all believers when it comes to the do's and don'ts of living, like don't lie or steal. The Ten Commandments make those things pretty clear. But then we have passages in scripture like Romans 14, 5 through 9, which says, <clears throat> let me read. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the service of servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. That passage covers a lot of ground, but what it's basically making clear is that there are many things in this life that we will differ on, that we will have difference of opinion on, we'll have different perspectives on, but no matter what our personal convictions end up being about X, Y, or Z, there is one standard that is to remain the same for us all. Our objective in honoring the Lord, because in that there is no variation to be found with that requirement. Now, I'm married to a pilot, and so his conviction um, to 
support weapons went so far as him choosing to literally climb inside of an aircraft and fly something that he could shoot from the sky with. So yeah, he's a classic overachiever. But if I were to pull out a scale and balance my husband's convictions and actions against his desire to honor the Lord through them, it would even out the same as Desmond Doss's conviction and refusal to carry a weapon in honor of the Lord. How funny. Like, both he and my husband became convinced in their own minds as to what Christ was calling them to do. So each man could peacefully lay their heads down at night knowing that the choices that they made each day came from a place of obedience to what Christ was calling them to. Whether to fly a helicopter around and shoot things that need to be shot, or as Desmond Doss chose, to not shoot anything ever they're both convinced in their own minds according to what they feel God's calling them to. So that's what matters. To be bold and brave requires a balance of conviction and consistency. We must be solid in our understanding of the Bible and fully convinced in our own mind as to the reasons for our convictions or else this world will come huffing and puffing like the big bad wolf and blow our lack of convictions down to the ground, sending our boldness and bravery crumbling with it. Another thing that I want to mention as we discuss conviction is the impact of conscious, conscience. <laughs> I always like read that word and I want to say conscience. Uh, hopefully I'm not the only one. But as Christians, the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to guide our conscience in regards to moral things. It is the way that we deeply feel about something. For example, I'll tell you a quick personal story that can hopefully show you some difference between the two. When I was probably like 15 years old or so, I had gone to a friend's house and they wanted to watch the show South Park, which my parents had told me previously that I was not allowed to watch that show. And so I had a decision to make in that moment. I could watch the show and my parents would never know that I did, or I could choose to speak up and say that I wasn't allowed to watch that show request that they watch something different, and if they wouldn't, choose to leave the room. Not a fun decision to make, but they decided that they wanted to watch it anyways uh, when I told them that I couldn't, and so no big deal. My conscience felt convicted to honor my parents instead of choose to watch the show and hang out with my friends and make my friends happy. So I chose to sit in a different room, <laughs> folding laundry of the household, not even my household, uh, while they watched the show. And now I had never seen the show, so I didn't personally know like if it was good or bad. I didn't personally have a conviction one way or another if I thought that it was okay, but I did have the Holy Spirit prompting me to honor my parents' decision, even at the cost of annoying my friends, which I did, but it's okay. We got over it. We still love each other to this day. There are so many things that we might not have a thorough understanding of to have even reached a conclusion as to what our conviction is about said thing, but we all naturally have a conscience that quickly urges us towards comfort or unease over a situation or choice. Working hard to cultivate our relationship with the Lord is so important because it will help us have discernment in reaching a place of conviction about things in life. And so I want to summarize a little bit from the book of Daniel because he provides a wonderful biblical example of what a bold and brave life looks like 
due to conscience and consistent conviction. So Daniel 6 shares that the king had positioned 120 satraps, which were basically governors, over his entire kingdom. And he selected three higher officials to manage those 120. And one of those higher officials turned out to be Daniel. Go figure. So it didn't take long for him to distinguish himself above the others. The Bible says, because an excellent spirit was in him. Hmm. Probably the Holy Spirit, right? Like you kind of put two and two together. When the other rulers realized that the king planned to set Daniel over the whole kingdom, what did they do? They did what is so often what we are prone to. They became jealous and conniving, seeking grounds to complain against him and find fault in him. But they were unsuccessful, the Bible says, because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any grounds for complaint against him unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Ha <laughs> ha! You see, they made note that not only Daniel's convictions, but the consistency with which he upheld them was something that they had to make note of. These men were overflowing with arrogance and pride, secretly suggested to the king that a mandate be issued for 30 days that prohibited any man from praying to any god or man other than the king himself, or else they'd be thrown into a den of lions. This is what these, these men came up with, their plan. They're like, we see that he is so set in his convictions and he's so consistent with them. All we need to do is kind of catch him in the act. We need to set him up so that when he follows through with his convictions and he shows up with his consistency, we can take him down. Like this is, this is easy. So chapter six, verse 10 says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, get this, he went to his house, got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. I love that it does not talk about what fear he might have experienced or the way that he might have felt upon reading the mandate. It simply talks about his faithfulness, his faithfulness to continue doing exactly what he had done before, to stand by his convictions, to kneel before and pray to God without any disruption. He was unfazed, unfazed, unmoved, unfearful. He was just focused on being faithful, consistent, and standing true to his convictions, no matter what mandate or decree was issued that said otherwise. He had eyes on the Lord only. His conscience spoke louder than any concern he may have felt in that moment over the mandate. Knowing that the Holy Spirit was urging his conscience to stand firm in his conviction to continue praying to the Lord. Now, Daniel could have said, oh, it's just 30 days. It's not forever. God knows my heart. He'll understand if I hit pause for a little bit. If I hit pause on my prayer time, surely he wouldn't want me to get cast into a den of lions. He's a good and loving God. Look at the position he's given me at work. Look at all the good that I'm doing in the kingdom. I just know he would not want me to risk all of that. He wouldn't want me to risk throwing it away. Ooh, 
I shamefully and I sarcastically say all of that because I know that that's what my brain says and sounds like far too often. Have you ever been there and experienced that? I am so quick to try and talk myself out of obedience. Maybe you can relate. Kind of hope you can't, but I'm sure you can. And just know if you are relating to me, you're not alone. It is natural. Oh man, it's natural. We all want to just go the easy route, right? We want to take the wide path, but the Lord calls us to the straight and narrow for a reason. And it's not always fun and it's not always easy, but I love that Daniel was so solid in his conviction that he didn't miss even one day of prayer. He was praying three times a day. He didn't even miss one of those prayer sessions. He had been so consistent in his faith that that was the only thing those jealous men could think of to try and selfishly get him out of their way. Could you imagine being that faithful that that is all that comes to people's mind is to try and trip you up with your faithfulness and your convictions and the way that you follow the Lord and you obey the Lord? I mean, that's honestly like a compliment to him. Um, and you know what? These men came up with this plan. And guess what? Ooh, bite your nails. It worked. They went to his house to try and catch him in the act of being disobedient to the king. And you know what they found? Of course, was him being faithfully obedient to the king of kings. And it led to his arrest. The king was heartbroken to have to cast his favorite servant into the den. I'm sure at that point he's thinking, what have I done? Oh my word. But he had to stand by this mandate that he had put in place. And it said in verse 16 that the king cried out to Daniel saying, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. And he went on to spend the night fasting, food, and fellowship with people, refusing to sleep. That is how connected they were. This is how much it, this was causing the king, the earthly king, to call out and pray to God um, on Daniel's behalf. He wouldn't eat. He wouldn't talk to anyone. He wouldn't sleep. He was just praying, constantly praying for the Lord to spare Daniel. And so the next morning, it talks about the king quickly jumping up out of bed, running. Well, not really out of bed, but jumping up, running out to the den. And called out in a tone of anguish, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you? How amazing to hear him use the word, serves continually. Those words show so much about who Daniel was and the character he had. Um, and he was overjoyed when he heard Daniel respond. O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also you, O king, I have done no harm. And so through his obedience, his unwavering conviction, Daniel was arrested and thrown into the lion's den. But it was in the lion's den that Christ's grace and power was the most uh, mightily displayed. God was glorified through Daniel's willingness to suffer death, but he was also glorified daily through Daniel's willingness to stand firmly in his faith. Friends, I want to just remind you and leave you with a few questions for you to ponder. Um, you know, how are you boldly and bravely honoring and glorifying Christ with your life? 
Are you living a life that would hit pause on standing up for the Lord if a mandate demanded that you do so? Or are you living a life that is willing to face the lion's den? It's a hard question to ask, but we have to start asking those things to ourselves, knowing that even if you were to die for the sake of your faith, you would die having pleased the King of Kings and the Lion of Judah. That is amazing. The book of Revelation makes it clear that our world <laughs> is going to continue to deteriorate and be overcome with darkness until the Lord comes. We will face more and more trials and pain. And I know that that is not the most rainbows and butterflies and covered in sugar and sweetness. And ugh, I know, I don't know, it's not fun, but it's true. And so the greatest thing that we can do as Christian women is get very, very clear on our convictions. It's easy to spend our time focusing on trying to understand others' convictions, but we should worry less about why Desmond Doss refused to carry a weapon or why my husband chooses to fly one and get crystal clear on what Christ is calling us to do in honor of him today. Alexander Hamilton is quoted as having said, those who stand for nothing fall for anything. And I don't know about you, but on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And I will give my life making sure that I am standing on the foundation of Christ. So as you are operating as a military wife today and every day, every duty station you're assigned, no matter how wonderful or how not so wonderful, no matter if it was desired or not, no matter if your husband is there or not, you have an opportunity to be bold, and to be brave every single day. You have an opportunity to make a difference in your community. You have an opportunity every day to stand for something. Because if you don't choose to stand for something, you will fall for anything. And that's not a fun way to live, I promise. So I really want to throw it back to time spent on the playground in grade school. Okay, we have some fun. I'm gonna double dog dare you to leave this episode right now. When you click out, you remove those earplugs, you turn off the speaker, whatever it is, leave with a newfound passion to be bold and brave with your life. Be bold and brave with every moment that God gives you because it's all meaningful. Even in the mundane things, even in the things that weigh you down and seem too hard or too heavy and you are thinking, how could this make sense? God, why am I going through this? Maybe you are facing the lion's den in some ways. Maybe you're going through the faithful part. Maybe you have been someone who has stopped because people have ridiculed you to stop being faithful in your faith. Whatever it is, wherever you are, whatever you're facing, you can choose right now to stop living that way and to say yes to God, to say yes to conviction, to say yes to your conscience being strengthened as you seek discernment from the Holy Spirit. You can do all of that because in Christ, you can do all things. He is the key. He is a magic key that opens the door of success and being able to do the impossible because he is a God of making all things possible. And that, of course, as always, is your hope on the home front. 
Thanks for tuning in. From our heart to yours, we hope that this podcast is your go-to place for encouragement on the home front. We would love to hear what your favorite takeaway was from this episode by having you take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Tag us at HFH underscore ministries or on Facebook at Homefront Heroes Ministries so we can get connected with you, get to know you more, and hear from you firsthand what specific encouragement you're looking for. This is home. This is the place to have the hard conversations. And until we chat next, get out there and find the joy.